0: This is our last episode in our series about transitioning from virtual learning to in-person learning, or in the case of previously this year, back and forth between the two. This month, we've chatted about some of the challenges that the last two years of pandemic life have created and some of the things that we can do as coaches to support teachers through the situation that changes daily, really. Today, I'm doing a little bit of phone coaching and some problem solving with a coach who's in the field. Felicia is looking for ideas on how to get her staff to buy into coaching and to really define her role in this changing environment. Coaches' roles have changed so much over the last two years that redefining what you're there to do and how you can support teachers through this transition is essential. So let's welcome Felicia to the podcast. Coach, I know you're trying to figure this all out on your own. You're investing in your own learning on your own time because you want to show up for your teachers in the best way possible. Building your coaching program is a huge challenge, and it's even more difficult when you're asked to know about literacy practices and how to support them. That's why I created the Confident Literacy Coach. This self-paced course gives you the knowledge, strategies, processes, and downloadable tools that you need to be confident in your coaching work every single day. Check it out at confidentliteracycoach.com and stop reinventing the wheel. I'm going to make an assumption and you tell me if I'm wrong you feel like there aren't enough hours in the day. I know it's true. There are always too many things to do and too little time. If you're like me, your boss will walk down the hallway and shout, go home, Beltran. That's why I'm telling everyone about the 40 hour work week with Angela Watson. Angela was a guest on this very podcast back in season one and she shared her ideas for managing your time, teaching and stuff to help you make the most of your time at work while making time for home too. But that was just the beginning. In her membership, The 40-Hour work week, Angela helps you focus on what matters to have a purposeful and productive workday and then go home. Angela helps teachers find, on average, 11 hours a week that they can take back for themselves while still being a great teacher. The best part is that Angela has a new membership, especially for coaches. She partnered with my friend and coffee buddy, Nicole Turner of Simply Coaching, to create the 40-hour work week for coaches. Check it out at buzzingwithmissb.com slash 40-hour week and get your time back. Welcome, Felicia. I'm so glad that you're able to join us today. Thank you for having me. I was looking forward to this. Oh, good. (laughs) We almost didn't make it because I forgot to send the link, but we are both here. Um, So that's already a good start. Would you like to share a little bit about yourself and the coaching work that you're doing right now?
1: Sure. I'm a brand new coach this year. Um, I work at a middle school, um, grade six to eight. Um, we have about 600 students total and around 60 staff members. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So just trying to start my work as a coach and uh, get an idea of all the elements that go into it and figuring out new curriculum um, and what that looks like in classroom settings and working with PLCs. Um, So just really trying to immerse myself and learn as much as I can this year.
0: Yeah, that's, well, this is, <laughs> this is the year to do it. Um, Do you, did you have experience with coaching prior to becoming a coach? Like, were you coached as a teacher or is this like a brand new experience on both sides?
1: I was not coached as a teacher. We did not have one. I came from um, a really small district, K to 12, and there wasn't a coach in the building, Um looking back, had we had one, oh my gosh, uh, being a first year or a second year teacher, even just having that support, mm-hmm. I really think would have been um, impactful. So I do think about that often. Um, and then I went into school counseling after, um, and that has really kind of come out in my work just naturally, I would mm-hmm. say, which is kind of helpful, um, a lot of problem solving and, you um, questioning strategies that kind of just come up naturally, which has been great working with with staff and students. Um, so just, yeah, trying to find my way.
0: Yes, okay. Um, so what has been your main challenge? You're kind of referring to it right now, I think, but what is your main challenge? You know, we've been moving back and forth between um, virtual learning and in-person learning and different schools have had different models with that for sure. Uh, and even right now we're recording this, you know, in, in, before the episode comes out, obviously well before it comes out. And so schools are going back and forth right now. Some are going to virtual learning. Some are going back to in-person, um, next week. It's just kind of all over the place. So what are your main challenges as it relates to kind of what's going on in your campus of that nature?
1: Thankfully, we've been able to stay in person, which has been awesome. Um, our challenges I would say are just attendance um, mm-hmm. at times and having to kind of use that hybrid model um, where kids are logging in with Zoom, but then you also have students in front of you for instruction. Um, so just supporting teachers through that as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that is just that instruction piece and utilizing tools to help them, like technology tools um, that are out there Um, just to help with instruction Uh I'm just trying to make it work so yeah they're they're doing
0: something that teachers have never had to do before really where they're teaching live children in front of them and then they are teaching children on the other end of a device at the same time this is happening in each classroom at the same time
1: can you say that one more time
0: Sure. Um, so they're teaching kids right in front of them in their, their own classroom. And then they're also teaching kids um, on, a, on the other end of a device, right? Like kids are logging in yes. and they're seeing lessons in real time. Is that happening yes. all day long? Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. <laughs> that's pretty rough. Um. So that is, yeah, something that teachers have never been asked to do and problem solving that I'm sure has been a massive undertaking undertake just this last couple of years, some schools have opted, had opted to do that for a while, but I didn't realize that schools were doing that permanently <laughs> right now, you know, that they don't have like a, des- is it a very, is it a small school? Do you have like more than one class? Well, you 600 kids, you'd have a good number of kids, but I guess just with scheduling issues, they couldn't designate like one person to be the virtual teacher per subject or something, right? Yeah, like it would just be, Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we're staying consistent with other schools in our district. Interesting. Okay. Model going for everybody.
0: Okay. And And, so has that been helpful? Have you gotten some ideas from other schools and like training in your district for this specific, you know, model or not so much?
1: I think that last year coming off of last year and just how well everyone did kind of adapting to it has really Mm -hmm. helped. So I think that coming in this year, they knew kind of what to, to do and how to make it work for them in mm-hmm. their situations. And the amount of students varies from class to class, how many are out, so. Mm-hmm. Um, did you teach this we, way?
0: Sorry, did you teach this way in your own classroom? Did you have a virtual component at the same time or no?
1: In my own? Yes, when you were a teacher. I, so I um, I never had that happen, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, just wondering.
0: Yeah, no. Cause it can be difficult supporting teachers who are doing something that's very different than what you had to do. You know, it's like a huge learning curve.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a, a little bit about the role that you are serv- like what you're actually doing, how your day has been spent, and then maybe what you would like to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> what you want it to look like.
1: Yeah, my, so just kind of starting out, I really tried to get into classrooms as, as much as I can for those that will let me come in. Um for first year and second year teachers, those that have been open for me to come in and, and do some coaching work with them uh, through coaching cycles. So I've completed a few of those, which has really helped in understanding the process um, and how to help support them best, like continually and meeting with them um, to plan to model instruction. Um, that's been helpful to kind of learn how to do that in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, so my work has been including those pieces and then, um, working with PLCs, um, that has been another component as well. Do you, are you feeling
0: good about the work that you're doing? Like, do you feel like you're meeting your school's needs or that there are a lot of things that you want to do differently?
1: Um, I think that the work that I've done up until this point has really grown my confidence, I would say Mm -hmm. in coaching and, um, the feedback I'm providing, Um, what I'm looking for, what I'm seeing, um, and being able to like talk through that with teachers and teams. Um, So that work has been at at a smaller scale. Like ideally, I really want to build this program. I feel like it is like, you wanna build it up and have it meet more teachers needs or have more be interested in it um, Mm -hmm. and getting that buy-in for the work. Uh, so eventually I would really like it to kind of spread um, and have others, you know, seek it out or me showcase it more of the work that's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, The, the role of the coach has changed so much over the last couple of years it's tremendously different than it was and I think you mentioned earlier that you feel like coaches have been coaching in crisis right and you're absolutely right um it's really it was like okay these are all the holes we have in this ship how can we plug the holes well the coach is a person that doesn't have students in the class right now so they can go plug some holes right so coaches were just running around plugging holes all the time it sounds terrible but I mean that's really it was just putting out fires all day and um it was, it's hard, it was hard to have any long-term planning goals and, you know, but if your school has a system now where they're meeting the needs of kids in person, as well as kids virtually, then they're probably going to be less impacted by any current events. You know, it's going to be like less sudden that people have to change their plans because they have a system in place already, which is good. Mm -hmm. Um, So in thinking about that, you can start to really kind of establish your, um, your role as a more long-term position and say, okay, I'm really like building this and I want to define this from scratch. And I want people Mm -hmm. to know what I do so that I am not, so that people know why I'm here. They know how they can access my services. They know what I can do to help them. um, And people beyond their first couple of years or people who who are beyond like the struggling, quote, struggling teachers are going to seek your support. Right. Right. Um, So if we want to think about defining your coaching role and kind of starting from scratch with that one thing that can be really helpful to do is kind of brainstorm everything that you see that you, that you would like to do as a coach. Like, what do you want your day to be full of? And you could even build like your dream day. You know, what would that look like? And I know every day is different. They always mm-hmm. are, but what are the kinds of things that you want to spend the majority of your coaching time on? Cause we know we don't have control over every minute. Um, but we can at least say, these are the core things that I want to do in order to to grow my school and grow my teachers. So in thinking about that, what are some of those things that you would like to really spend your time on? Like, and I know we're in the moment now and you can go back and write about it later, but but, um, do you have any thoughts on what do you think is instrumental in supporting teachers?
1: I want to be able to reach out to them more and understand their needs, especially during this time. So whether that be through the quick survey each month or building that within a newsletter, um, putting it out there and seeking out kind of their needs, Um, Mm -hmm. I really want to be able to do that rather than just what I think. Um, Yes. The work through coaching cycles, whether it be full cycles, mini cycles, um, Mm -hmm. I think that it's really impactful, especially when you're speaking to students and the work students are doing and mastery Um, So being involved in those throughout the year um, and offering different times of the year that people can sign up or um, just ensuring that I'm I'm meeting their needs. Um, And then the PLC work too. I mean, you're then impacting even more students um, and staff working together um, to meet all of those needs. So I really believe in that work as well.
0: I like that you're talking about getting that input from teachers to start with, because I think that's a really good point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We don't always know what they need. And they sometimes they don't have ideas outside of what they've already experienced. So it's good to be able to bring something to the table and say, this is what I can offer. Um, but I think a blend of that, this is what I can offer, and this is what you're asking for, and then I could use these things to grow my role. So it might be a really good idea to communicate with your administration And then set up a plan to like, okay, we're going to build this coaching role from scratch. We're going to like, like nail it down. And obviously it's not going to be set in stone because you can adjust it over time and you can grow it as needed for your school. But if you say, okay, these are four things that I think that we can really, that if I could do these four things consistently, our school would be a better place for kids and teachers. You know, we could really grow our kids and teachers. And then you get a survey from teachers. And you kind of combine those things and say, okay, these are like five or six things that the teachers want that I think would be really beneficial. You can put them together and then meet with your admin and say, okay, help me figure out what, what do you think? What, what is your role? Because sometimes they have kind of a different perspective, you know, on what they're looking for or on what they, um, what they want from a coach. And they don't always make it really clear. I remember talking to a coach one year, she had just started the previous year. And I bumped into her in the hallway at a district training once. I said, hey, how's it going? And she goes, you know, I don't know. <laughs> she goes, sometimes I think I'm doing what my principal wants me to do. And then I find out I'm not doing what he wants me to do. But he doesn't tell that. He didn't, he didn't tell her that until it was a correction. Until like after the fact. Um, has your administration made your role pretty clear with that from them, their end? Or are you still not sure of what, what they're looking for?
1: They are so supportive um, and and transparent and just, they, they are amazing. So I am truly lucky um, to have them and having them guide me through this. Mm-hmm. Um, I can go to them for anything at any point, questions, ideas. Um, so it's been very, very, very helpful, especially being in a new role to have that support. Yeah. That's great. What kinds of things are they wanting you to focus your time on? Um, definitely those coaching cycle pieces. The same um, one. Yep, yep. And then the PLC work. um, And then just kind of like building that up um, and kind of sharing out things that they can, can partake in. Okay, um, good.
0: So similar to what you you're, you're yes. and what you're looking for. Well, Definitely. that's a really good start. So yeah. then, so it could be really good to put together a survey. Google Forms is easy to use and it's free. Um, with and I'm sure if they're doing virtual work, they're probably very familiar with it by now. Yeah. <laughs> so getting a, getting input on your, from your teachers on maybe what kinds of support would be helpful. And so it, sometimes it's good to start out with like a checklist of things, and they could say yes, I would like this, I would like this. So mm-hmm. that way they're not just like. Um, I don't know. I don't know where to start. Sometimes looking at a list of things gives them some ideas that they could add to it. And so if you give them like, okay, these are like, you know, 10 things coaches can do, which of these would be helpful to you. And then like a couple of blank spaces. Now, what else would be helpful to you? Mm -hmm. Um, and then they can add in whatever ideas they have and then give them some like open-ended space so they can write about like challenges that they're currently having Um, you know what is your biggest struggle that you're having in the classroom where do you feel like you're working really hard with kids but they're not moving Mm -hmm. Um, those kinds of questions where teachers can really be sort of evaluative and think about okay what's happening during my day that would be better if somebody could help me with it you know, and what could that help look like? Do I want to see it? Do I want to learn about it? Do I want to watch another teacher do it? You know, do like, what is it that I need? What kinds of support could I use? So that that's a really good place to start. And then creating, there's different ways to do it. One way to do it is a coaching menu. And this is something that I talk a lot about on the podcast and on the blog. Coaching menu is basically a collection of the things that you are prepared to do to support teachers, Mm-hmm. And so it's just like one document it doesn't have to be fancy. Some people do like, like a little menu theme where it's like appetizers and main course and dessert, but I don't do that. I'm like, that's too much for me. Uh, it, I feel like it overwhelms people. Like I would be like, Oh, I have to connect the thematic. It would just be, so <laughs> I try to keep it simple. I just say, these are all the things I can do as a coach. And I put them like in little squares. It's like a nine square, you know, grid on a piece of paper. And it says coaching menu. And this is what I can do to help you. And then, so once you've identified, these are the things I'm going to do as a coach. This is how I can support teachers, actual actions I can take. Then you can go from that and share it with teachers. And like you talked about showcasing, you know, you can showcase, these are some things that I've already done. Mm -hmm. If Teachers on your campus that you've already worked with are cool with it. Like if they had good experiences and they'd be happy to share it, you can use them like a little commercial. They can say, well, this is how it went. You know, like if you get maybe 15 minutes during a PD to share this out or at the beginning of the school next year, wherever, wherever you have the time, Mm -hmm. um, it can be helpful for them to say, oh, this is how, when we did a coaching cycle and they, you know, we actually did co-teaching and we taught about this. And now I, this is what I implement into my lessons, or Mm -hmm. I got this out of it. Um, if you do, you could do that, or you could do pictures from your work together. If you put together a little slideshow and say, okay, this is, I am prepared to collaboratively plan with your grade level.
1: Mm-hmm. for example, or your content team. Sure.
0: So then they're going to plan for lessons on, um, I mean, you're in middle school. It could be like like theme, for example. Mm-hmm. They're going to plan for a lesson on theme and you can be there to support it. So you could write a little paragraph on your slide. If you're planning for a certain thing, I can come and support you. I can provide resources. I can facilitate, um, or I can just be another person present in the room to share ideas. Uh, and then they see kind of what it looks like. And if you have a picture of you doing it, sometimes that's helpful because it's like, oh, that's what you do.
1: right yes (laughs) that's the other the question of what what do you do all day or what is your role Um, yeah 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 do they so the teachers that you're working with have they had a coach prior to you we had an an awesome coach um so the position was new to the building um two years ago I want to say um so it it is rather new yes there was a, a coach yes and she um had moved um into a different position and um, this one had opened up, so I uh-huh. took a risk. And- yes, yeah, but it's
0: great. It's exciting because you know mm-hmm. the nice thing is you are not having to. I mean, you're you're defining it yourself, you know, so you can yeah. you can make it what you'd like it to be. You're not trying to fill the shoes of somebody who's already there because that person was absolutely in crisis mode um, for most of their their time there, unfortunately. Um, so. So yeah, if you share it with teachers and it's explicit, that's, that's one way, you know, you do the slideshow, you do the coaching menu. Another thing that I've shared on the podcast before is, um, like a coffee with a coach cupcakes with a coach. It's just, you, you basically, you buy treats, you set up a time for people to come get the treats. And while they're there, you tell them about what you do and what you ask them some questions about what they would like support in. Mm -hmm. Um, what are you working on right now? What are you excited about? You know, those kinds of things. And you can say, well, this is what I can do for you. Mm -hmm. So the other thing that you can do that's really helpful is you just listen for opportunities and it doesn't sound like much, but if you're communicating with a grade level of people, for example, and maybe during one of your PLCs and you're doing some work together and they start complaining, (laughs) does that happen? Do you hear lots of complaints or, you know, where people are struggling with stuff Sure, it's normal. We all do. We all hear it when we all complain. Whenever you hear complaints, that's an opportunity for you to say, oh, I can help with that. Mm-hmm. And so, if they're like, you know, these kids, I cannot get them to complete their assignments, or I cannot get them, you know, every t- they they're not using the technology right, or I don't know how to get them engaged. They're just not even interested in this at all. Those are opportunities for you to say, well, why don't we work together and come up with something?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I feel like that's opening the they, they open the door, and they don't even know they opened it, right? They sure. just they open the door, and you go, oh well, that's that's I can help you with that. That's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. So you say something like you know what? I bet we could figure out something really cool. Why don't we get together on Tuesday?
1: Yeah.
0: And most of the time they're going to say, yes, they're not going to go, no, I don't need help. No, no, no. They usually don't say no, because it's kind of like, oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that, but okay. (laughs) So you just kind of find little opportunities by listening for complaints or problems or challenges. And then you put yourself in there and say, let's, let's work on something. Let's figure something out. Mm -hmm. And that's a way to get people into coaching cycles that maybe wouldn't have approached you.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's Um, a
0: good idea. Okay. Yeah. Um, is there something that you've heard people having a challenge with lately, like a specific thing that you think you could kind of use that with
1: discussion? Yes, actually. So discussion uh, techniques, discussion, Mm -hmm. um, strategies rather than just kind of giving a question and then having a huge majority of students talk, like really being purposeful Mm -hmm. and planning ahead on how to, deliver those questions effectively and, um, produce good conversation and discussion among students. Yeah,
0: that's great. And that's some, my brother is a high school teacher in Mesquite, mm-hmm. Memphis, and he was talking to me about that the other day about how a lot of teachers on his campus are saying they don't talk. The kids are not talking. They're just, they're not, or they're not, like if they're talking, they're just like giving an answer, but they're not Mm -hmm. really engaging, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, And he says, I don't know if that's a result of a year and a half of, you know, almost two years of of computer learning where you do your assignment, you click send and you're done or what, you know? But it's an issue that he was seeing as well and and looking into learning more about. Um, Yeah, that would be a great one. And the nice thing about this is you can do it after the fact. So Mm -hmm. like you heard, let's say you heard, you know, I don't know seventh grade English talking about this the other day, that they're not getting good responses, the kids are Mm -hmm. not communicating, they're not discussing, or they don't know how to structure the discussion. You can come back this week and say, hey, I was thinking about what you said. Mm -hmm. And so they're not asking... Right now, but it's still an issue. I mean, it's not going to have changed overnight. <laughs> you know, so you go back and you say, "Hey, Mr. So and So, I was thinking about what you were talking about the other day, about how the kids were not really you. You were looking for ways to get them to talk, to discuss, to really, you know, dig deeper. And I was looking up some ideas. Would you like to get together and we can talk about some things that we might be able to do?" Mm-hmm. And then you can initiate your coaching cycle very, you know, organically that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a definitely a good a, idea for sure. Or and another way to go about it and coming back to and circling back to it. Yes. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes in the moment there's a lot going on, you know, right. but if <laughs> you later, you're like, oh, I could, I could do something with that. Then you can always come back later. Hey, I was yeah. thinking about what you said. And then that's good because they like that. That shows that you were listening and you were, you're trying to be supportive, you know? Um, In the moment, we don't always have all the answers. We don't say, oh, we'll just do this, this, and this. And even if we did that, they wouldn't do it. Or if they did it, it wouldn't, it would just, it doesn't work, (laughs) unfortunately, Um, whenever we say, oh, just try this, you know, Um, because that's just too pat of an answer. But if we can come back later, we show, I was listening to you, what you said was important, and I really do want to help you with this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, In looking at it that way, so you have, like, if you do like a...
1: just just doing maybe a slideshow or some sort of presentation sound like it would work? Yeah, definitely. And having that, and I I think the way I go about it, um, I know like sometimes information might get lost or um, being like presented at the larger scale. So I wonder Mm -hmm. if it would be more purposeful to go through like PLCs as a way to introduce the work um, in a smaller setting and being able to ask questions and answer questions. In a smaller setting too so that way they feel comfortable asking questions about it and the work and i can provide examples that way so um i really want to be um strategic in how i'm putting it together um even going into next year and what that looks like Mm -hmm. so that way i can meet more uh needs out there right yeah i like that i think plc's is
0: a great way to do it because you're right the whole group setting i mean that's kind of like an overview but when yeah. during PLC you can act, especially because the year has begun you're already working with teachers right. you can really talk to people and you can really find out you know what are your needs and they are more likely to talk. Um, you can also have them write something even if it's just on a post-it something small. You can yeah. say, you know, I just want everybody on a post-it to use a sentence starter. One way a coach could help me is, or one mm-hmm. thing a coach could do today that would make a difference in my classroom is. You know mm-hmm. and sometimes you get the trite answers you know like make my copies or you know make my kids <laughs> turn in their work but you know you often get some good things and good yeah. ideas um yeah. and if it's by grade, if it's by team you know then you can really focus your plc work around that as well yeah definitely. Um, do you are you able to differentiate your
1: work with plcs uh yeah there's definitely um a variety of needs um depending on the grade level the content area um, and the teams. So just really trying to take in kind of where they're at, where they want to go, um, using, um, rubrics, uh, for PLCs, being able to identify some common goals. Um, so definitely try to put the work in. Are they more like learning PLCs where you learn about
0: something together, something together, or are they like, what kinds of purposes are your PLCs
1: fulfilling? uh so meeting together as um grade level content level teams mm-hmm. um so having a meeting each week um during plan um to look over um how students are progressing throughout units looking mm-hmm. at data together um some partake in um grading grading each others work
0: mm-hmm. um
1: planning together um sharing instructional strategies among the team um So it just depends on the team and what their, their goals are that week. Okay. That's great. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are opportunities for, for opportunities (laughs) for,
0: for coaching, uh, you know, to get into the door, get in the door for coaching cycles as well. You know, planning together, if they're trying out something new and they haven't, they don't have ideas, maybe they want a new idea for something. You could say you could model a lesson. Um, If you are looking at data and you have, you know, some classrooms that maybe need some work in certain areas. You could say, well, why don't we plan some lessons to kind of go back over this topic and reteach it in a different way. And then you can use that as a way to initiate a coaching cycle. Yeah, Um, And you could also do, you know, our coaching work, coaching cycles are so important, but our coaching work doesn't always have to be us as the partner, you know, for the learning. So one thing you can arrange is for teachers to observe each other even virtually, because yeah, not necessarily and, and in-person can be tricky because of coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's stressful for teachers. So it takes time to build up to that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, teachers, if they're already teaching with a camera on,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you've got an opportunity there. And I know I talk about this a lot, but I feel like it's such a goldmine because there are amazing things going on in classrooms every single day that nobody sees. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> so they've got the camera on. So maybe they just have one more kid log on, you know. But it's actually an adult. <laughs> the teacher.
1: No, I, I didn't even
0: think of that. That's a great idea. It's you know it saves you because it's video. It's already there. It saves you a yeah. lot of logistic tr- logistical trouble. You know, mm-hmm. um, they can you know record it and watch it later. Yeah. That's something you can do as a PLC. Even
1: you know that. Oh, you that's such a great idea. Yeah, I could totally see that working and fitting in.
0: That's great. Do you feel like you have teachers who'd be excited to do that or would they be more hesitant?
1: I think that like there's definitely a variety who I (laughs) working. Yes, some being like, oh, that is a great opportunity and they would be interested in it. And I think that others might be a little hesitant for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it just depends.
0: Yeah. The ones who are
1: more hesitant, maybe they get to observe first, you know,
0: and the ones who are a little like, okay, sure. And those are the ones that you can start with a camera on them, you yeah. know, and then over time, hopefully you can kind of make the rounds and everybody will be able to showcase something. Um, and lessons that we see from each other don't have to be perfect. I feel like that's kind of a, like a mistake that we make in education is sometimes we say, okay, this is the perfect lesson. We're going to watch this and learn how to do it. But sometimes yeah. there's value in saying, you know, I taught this lesson, didn't quite go as I had hoped, let's, mm-hmm. can we, you know, like, let's talk about it yeah. and there can be real value in that, but it takes a lot of comfort to get to the, that level where people are, are okay. Sure. With
1: Vulnerability and <laughs> yes.
0: yes, lots of work with PLCs before they're comfortable doing that. And then it's difficult when teachers leave and grade levels change and things like that. But, but that's something to kind of think about for down the road. Um, yeah. and, but in the, in the you know near future, using video might be a way to start doing some of that collaborative work Mm -hmm. um, that is coaching work. That isn't always you going in and doing a coaching cycle. You know, it's just another opportunity for learning.
1: Yeah. That's a, I think it's a great idea. That's great. I'm really glad. Um, (laughs) Is there
0: anything else that you'd like to chat about or anything that, you know, that you're going to walk away with, you know, what are your thoughts right now?
1: Definitely walking away. Like I, I, really think that that could be a valuable piece added in. And like you said, like the logistics behind it, like it could just work. And the amount of time given is what they're they're able to provide. So it's not like it has to be this set full period of time. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. Just so kind of what works for them. So there's a lot of flexibility there. And I think even providing that to them gives them kind of that opportunity to decide what will work for them and scheduling it and going through with it. Mm-hmm. Um. And then just being able to um, showcase the work, explain the work, um, clearly being transparent through like the slides or um, taking teachers who that I've worked with um, videos of just kind of maybe interviews with them or putting together um, videos within the slides of kind of examples of the work that's been done. Um, The pictures, that's a great idea too. I think just to get an idea of what the work is. And you, you said something earlier about you know making it known that it doesn't have to just be new teachers. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to just be um, someone who may be struggling. Um, it, coaching is good for, for everyone. So I really wanna build on that and um, get that buy-in um, and trust that it, that it can be good for everyone.
0: Yes. I think what you talked about earlier, starting out with getting input from teachers is a really good way to do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then really following through on that input and then telling them, this is why I'm doing this because I'm following through on the input because yeah. sometimes they don't realize that's how it came about. Sure. Um, so I think that's a really good place to start when you're building trust with teachers is that whenever you listen to them, they're more likely to trust you, you know? Yeah. So that's a good start. Um, okay. Anything else that you'd like to
1: say before we wrap up or you feel pretty good? I feel really good. I feel like these are definite strategies that I can bring in and continue to to work with and uh, better, better myself as a coach. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: Well, coaches, I am sure that some of that resonated with some of you because this is a common issue that that coaches have, especially when they're starting out in the role, they really have to define what that role can look like for themselves with their admin and with their teachers. I have a few episodes about roles and responsibilities and also about some other things that we talked about today that can really help you focus your work and get input from teachers and get those teachers into coaching cycles. So here's the one, here's the episodes you're going to want to look at into. Episode 23 is about sharing your role with teachers. Episode 58 is collecting feedback from teachers with Aaron Kotman. Episode 79 is Video Coaching, The Nitty Gritty with Corey Camp. That one was an amazing episode. I still can't believe how much information she shared about using video effectively in coaching. It was awesome. Episode 87 is Getting Teachers to Initiate Coaching Cycles. So those are some episodes that you can check out to get some ideas on what you can do to really share your role with teachers, get input on what they need, um, use video for coaching and get those teachers into coaching cycles, which is basically what we talked about today. Then you can grab a free coaching menu. So I know that a coaching menu is not a tool that everybody uses, but even if you, it's like some people say, well, all my teachers have to be enrolled in coaching cycles. So I don't need a menu in my experience. Just because they're enrolled in a coaching cycle doesn't mean they know what you can do during that cycle or they don't know how to make the best use of you during that time. So grab this coaching menu. It's a free download. If you go to buzzingwithmissb.com episode 95, that's the word episode number nine, five. You can grab it, download it, print it, And you can either use it as is, or you can adjust it. You you can't adjust the, the original file as a PDF, but you can make adjustments and then create your own simple coaching menu that you can use with teachers to explain exactly what it is that you do. I also have a resource for you in my TPT store, and we, we just talked a little bit about getting feedback from teachers, and it's so important um, to find out what teachers need support with, what they would like you to do to support them. So I wanted to share with you these um, feedback forms that I created, and they are available in my TPT store teacher feedback surveys for instructional coaching. They're printable and Google Forms. So if you go to teacherspayteachers.com and you search for my store, that's Chrissy Beltran or Buzzing with Ms. B, you can find in my store, teacher feedback surveys for instructional coaching. It includes um, a ton of printable and also uh, Google Forms that you can use as surveys or uh, input forms to get ideas from teachers on what their goals are, what what they need support in. Um, uh, you can do a post-coaching cycle survey to kind of see how things went and get input from them. There are surveys for different subject areas. There are editable surveys. There's editable literacy, math, science, and social studies and technology surveys. Tons of really good stuff. You can grab that. It's not too uh, pricey. It won't break the bank because I think the teachers and coaches need affordable resources. So next episode is episode 96. And during this episode, we are shifting gears to talk about a topic that's so important for coaches, and that is productivity. So this next month is going to be called So Much To Do, So Little Time, because that is the coach's life. Over the next few episodes, we'll learn about when and how to say no, how your goals impact your daily actions, and some incredible principles for being a lazy genius. This is one of my favorite episodes coming up. So listen to episode 96 next week, where I give you the details on three times you should say no, and I include real life examples. Until then, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching.